Hans Command. We're live. Beautiful, beautiful morning this morning. Beautiful sunrise over the ocean. The waves were incredible. No least, on the beach. At least 90% of those waves were surfable, body surfable. For just, me, just one after the next, just all the way into the shore. All the way home. Incredible. All the way up. Yeah, it was really magical. I wanted to capture it and use your video. But that will be not as it uh, was experienced. It was just gorgeous. The water was great. The sun was there. It's uh, next to nobody on the beach. And it's amazing to be able to be the only ones to be there at that moment. So Father's Day fast approaching. What, it's Thursday? It's about uh, 10 more days? 10 days to Father's Day. Mm. And... Uh, you know, Hans, something that I've noticed over the years is that uh, there are so many people and I, you know, I could count myself at one of them at times when you feel like, man, I didn't get the right dad or my father should have been like this or my father was too much like that. I remember a uh, young woman one time was telling me, you know, she was uh, she was so angry with her father. This was one of the two feminist girls in Uganda who um, I spent the night with. Not not like in the same bed, but they they were out of a place to stay. And this uh, this uh... <laughs> well, first of all, before you go into yes, the story, yes. I think it's great that there are only two feminists in Uganda. <laughs> They, well, they were visiting ones. <laughs> it could be. It could be that there's only two. Uh, and they were just passing through. But um, Imagine you're a feminist in Uganda. That's a tough plight. <laughs> you, in Uganda, yeah, I mean, they, I think uh, feminists who went to stay with some local Ugandans and they see how the women uh, treat the men, they would be appalled. They would, they would, they would try to uh, start a revolution in the family. When you they see how the women treat the men, yes. How's that? And so, so I go to visit my friend Clovis in Uganda. Yes. And you know, he's I, Kenyan, no? He's Ugandan. Oh, he's Ugandan. Yeah. Oh. They live out in the jungle, in the banana jungle, right? All these banana plants and sugarcane, and they just have like a a little hut, a little little house out there, his parents' house. And, you know, they have me go sit down and Clovis sits beside me and the father's over here. You know, the men sit and the women are in the back preparing the food. Uh -huh. And uh, when the women come out to serve the drinks or the food, they come and, you know, and they bow and they get down on their knees. Wow. And they come close with the food on their knees and they, they serve it like this, you know. Um, yeah, it's... It's like you might see someone serving a monk in mm. in Thailand or something like this. Um, but anyway, I wasn't planning on going into all this. But there were these two feminists in... Uh, you know, I lied. This was in Kenya. <laughs> this was in Kenya. I mean, Clovis lives in Uganda, but these two feminists were staying with me in uh, Kenya. Okay. <laughs> 
So, man, get all these African countries mixed up. It's all the same, you know. Um, and I'm talking with these girls. These were the girls who were, like, upset that, like, men still approach women. I'm not talking about catcalling. I'm not talking about harassing. I'm just talking about coming up and saying hello. You know, that's a really, you look really beautiful in that dress or something mm -hmm. like this. They feel like it's sexual harassment mm -hmm. and it really needs to uh, be stopped. Um, but the one girl was telling me that, you know, she was so angry with her father because her father didn't teach her how to fix a car. Her daughter, his, her father didn't t teach her how to change the oil in the car. Um, like he taught her brother, but he didn't teach her. And this was a really big source of like uh, pain and, and judgment for her. Mm. And I noticed today, you know, we live in a very different world than 50 years ago or 100 years ago. When so many people are going to a psychologist, when there's so much pop psychology, so many self-help books, and we can read about, you know, how you should parent, how you shouldn't parent, how, how um, parents are causing XYZ with their children. Um, you know, it wasn't that long ago when parents, children weren't even supposed to speak up, you know, you... Children are to be seen and not heard. This is a phrase, uh, at least in America. Um, I think when my mom was growing up, this is the phrase, you know, children are to be seen and not heard. Uh, physical beatings were much more common. This is something that's starting to really be considered uh, physical abuse these days. But there's so many more ways that we can judge our parents now and it's validated by society. And uh, we can essentially live our lives uh, blaming our parents for fucking us up. And no doubt our parents do fuck us up yes. in ways that they don't intend, you know. Plenty of ways our parents fuck us up. I mean, I could list the ways. <laughs> but... Uh, well, for sure you could say that it's less than ideal. I mean, that's a given. If you're going to focus on how it's how they did less than what they could have done, or how they were less perfect than, uh, than they could have been, then yeah, that's a, an endless discussion. Well, it's like the people who look back to a couple hundred years ago, and they judge the people who were alive a couple hundred years ago by the standards of today. Mm. You know, when life was completely different, we didn't have the same values, we didn't have the same even uh, idea of rights, or just completely different mm. world. And... Uh, you know, a lot of people think that, you know, I, I think I myself never been a parent, obviously, but people who think that, well, yeah, mom or dad, you know, you should have figured out how to parent before you had kids. I don't think most parents know how to parent before they have kids. You never get any practice, you know? <laughs> so. it's, it's, you're right in the game. Like, you're a football player and you, you don't have any practice. Yeah. Right, Champions League game right now. Boom. <laughs> yes. And uh, there are a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of judgment today about fathers who were more masculine, patriarchal, uh, whatever you want to call it. You know, the, the 
Gillette video that came out. I think it was what last year or the year before. Um, that was amazing. That was amazing. I really thought it was a joke when I saw it. I thought that cannot. What? And then I felt really out of touch that that could happen, and I didn't. Huh? It's shocking to me. Like. Yeah, it's the video where I remember there's the line of of men barbecuing. Right, I don't know, which is weird in the first place, but they're all barbecuing. And then these two kids are uh, wrestling. They're, they're wrestling in the grass. And and I think one of the fathers or two of them come up and they're like, no, 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 no. It's, uh, you shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That, and, and then there was a guy, there's a beautiful woman passing and he's about to approach. And the other guy goes, okay, no. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. It seemed so over the top. I thought it was a yeah. joke. Yeah. I thought it was a joke. Like, the, huh? And, uh, yeah, it, it, there's definitely two sides of it. You know, there, there's definitely the side of when, when you are trying to toughen your son up or your younger brothers up or whatever, that for some guys, and or the way it's done, it can kind of beat them down or it can leave them feeling like they don't make it. They, you know, they don't make it. The idea of, of the, the toughen up is that you become tough and you become a stronger man, better able to face other men, better able to deal with life's challenges. Um, I really respond well to that kind of challenge. And I'm glad to the extent that I had that growing up. I'm glad I had it. You know, my dad... I would go visit my dad in my 20s uh, out in Arizona and uh, I had a stepmom at that point. And, you know, we'd get, you know, we'd be at the house, we'd be in the car, we'd be anywhere we were. And my dad would be talking shit to me, you mm -hmm. know, and, it, you know, they just don't make those, those boys like they used to, you know, which is <laughs> a compliment to him and an insult to me in a way, right? And, uh, and my dad and I, like, we would go at it for like a couple hours on the basketball court, back and forth, like intense. You know, I see where you got your training. <laughs> you know, and uh, I went for one semester to the University of Utah, which is the rival of BYU. And my dad went to BYU. So it was always the Utes against the Cougars, you know, and uh, red against blue. And, and it was an intense rivalry. And um, my stepmother would constantly be like, Dave, Dave, like, don't talk to your son like that, you know? And she was, she had a background in psychology and, um, you know, and, she, and she's female. And I, I think women in, in general have a lot less tolerance for this. Like, this isn't their normal way of, of, of showing affection and whatever. But I loved that with my right. dad. I, I responded 100% well. I gave the shit back to my father. And uh, it was great. I loved it, you know. And um, as you know, we get on our family calls now. I still give my dad shit, you know. They just they, they just don't make those old men like they used to, you know. <laughs> and uh, but so we, it's so easy to take these new standards for who men should be, who a father should be, and then use them to judge our mm -hmm. fathers. And, uh, well, it, just, you could say standards, but imagine even you speak of knowledge. We've grown on how 
to parent says, yes. you know, because people are putting attention to it. You know, that attention and knowledge was not there. It's like, ago. you know, I remember my mom telling me that uh, she was sharing some nutrition information with her mother, my grandmother. And, uh, and my grandmother reacted like, I, I always fed you guys well, like I, I gave you the best. And, but the, the food standards were completely different when my mom was growing up, you know. And my grandmother thought she was doing the absolute best. And then my mom is, I don't think this is a situation like my mom wasn't even judging her mother, but her mother took it very personally because you're a mother, you try to do the best for your kids. But the standards and the knowledge, everything it was would, completely different. It would be like uh, judging your grandfather for not raising your father vegan. <laughs> right. <laughs> you <know>? Right. <laughs> when that was not even a term. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Or judging, uh, you know, maybe you're 50 years old and you're judging your father for not raising you vegan. Uh-huh. You know? And your father, like, vegan wasn't even a thing. <laughs> Didn't even exist. You know? It's, uh, it's, it's really unfair. And... I think also that uh, it's a really unfair situation that parents have these days expected to raise a fully developed human in a world where parents are often, both of them are working, Mm. both of them are deeply in debt, um, and they're completely separated from extended family. Like they're not surrounded by grandparents and uncles and, you know, as I travel the world and you see really healthy communities. There's, it's not just mother and father against the world. It's there's a grandmother and a grandfather around, and, and they're often the ones caring for the young kids while the parents are out working. And there's just much more love, much more connection. Um, I remember going to visit Clovis out in Uganda, out in the, the jungle, so to speak. And this little boy didn't know his father from his uncles. Like there were so many men in the family around taking care of the kid that he, he's got all these men who mm. really care about him like a father you know I don't want to say that and and, and I, for sure the, the Ugandan standard of being a, a father for sure doesn't meet the western definitions of being the father it's much more the old school being the father, where, where the father isn't around very much. Mm. And this is, uh, this is another judgment we can put on uh, our fathers is to say, you know, you didn't attend all my soccer games. You didn't do this. You weren't around. You were always working. Well, up until 50 years ago, when we really started having a lot more abundance material abundance, financial abundance. That's mostly what fathers did was just mm-hmm. go out and work. A hundred years ago, 150 years ago, you know, survival was much more challenging. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the men are out providing and protecting. They don't, there's no like go to the child's soccer game or, you know, sit around and read stories to the, the, the little boy or, you know, and our fathers probably didn't grow up with that either uh, from their fathers. So these these standards that we put on, uh, that we use to judge, in my opinion, are completely unfair. So how was your father a great man? How did he raise you well? 
Yeah. <clears throat> like, we could go into both, right? We could judge our fathers and we can honor our fathers. My dad, I remember my father, um, he would go to, he would leave for work around, say, six in the morning. So he was probably up uh, at five, maybe even earlier, to go for his run, to um, read his scriptures. Very, very, very like conscientious, dedicated, hardworking uh, man. And he'd go to work at the dental office all day. Then he'd come home and he'd go work in his garden. So we always kept a garden, fruit trees and, and vegetables. And, um, and he'd do that for, you know, at least an hour a day. And uh, I remember my memories of him, like just on a work days, you know, he'd take us around on the tractor as he's, as he's working. And, um, we were very work oriented. My mom, we always had work chores to do, you know, um, my dad would always have us out there in the garden, you know, with him. And, uh, and in the Mormon church, they really honor that father. They really honor the father and the, and the connection with the father. Mm. So there were a lot of father and son outings where it's just fathers and sons. You know, there's something really special about that when the women are not alone. You know, if the mothers and daughters are there, it's, it's a different quality. It's not, it's not wrong, it's just different. And um, unfortunately, I think a lot of young men today, they don't, they don't get this kind of connection with just elders and brothers. And, but um, in the Mormon church, they also had scouting. That was a big thing. And obviously that's just men. I think that might be... What's scouting? Boy Scouts. Oh, okay. So that was a, that was a big thing. Um, I remember my dad uh, in Cub Scouts, which is the earlier version of scouting when you're like seven, eight, nine years old. They had this, they had this, I think they call it the Kentucky Derby or no, it's something Derby. Anyway. It's a horse race. Yeah, the Kentucky Derby is, but there's this other derby with the, the cars that you make. You get a block of wood, you get, everyone gets the same standard kit, and then you compete, and, and they go down like a racetrack, and then if you win, you get the prize or whatever. And it was mostly a competition for the fathers, because the kids are that age, they don't really know what the hell they're doing, <laughs> you know. But uh, I remember my dad, you know, really putting a lot of time and attention into that and, and souping it up. And uh, we won, you know, we got first place. That's how my dad was great. <laughs> you know, that was, that was something, you know, as we honor our fathers, you know, there's also those little things that you remember from when you're a, mm. a child that are a really great thing to just bring back to them, you know, like they might've forgotten. It might, it, they might've they might completely forgotten it. But the fact that you remember it is, is a, it's a great little thing. But by the way, that black race car was a was a, like a premonition for that black firebird that I used to escape. So maybe if it was not for my dad, <laughs> I never would have escaped in that black uh, firebird. Years about ten years later. <laughs> um, I was just thinking of the story, the first story that with my father that comes up. Well, there were several, but one funny was that. I'm going to play a prank on, on my whole class, which is, uh, I was six, six years old and in class and I had a sweatpants on right now. And underneath I had my, 
soccer outfit. So I had sweatpants and underneath I had shorts. <laughs> and instigated by my father. He's a troublemaker his whole life. He said, go in class, you know, I'd say, I want to take my pants off. <laughs> and I did it, of course, because I, I was very unafraid as a kid. I did. I, I was very comfortable being me. And I gathered like the whole class around. I even knew the teacher and the teacher was like, ah, I, said, I want to take my pants off. You know? And then I take my pants off and I have shorts underneath, you know, and I laugh with the whole class. I'm like, ah! And my father's outside the class, you know, looking through the window. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's the story I, I remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my, my father uh <laughs> he 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 loved being in nature. He would always take us into nature. And I'd mm. go to visit my father and he'd want to go camping and hiking and um I remember this one hike we went on, it was a, it was a, I believe it was a 50 mile overnight hike wow. along the CNO Canal. And, uh, it's, how many kilometers is that? It's quite a ways, right? Yeah, that's like 90. 90, 90 kilometers. And, uh, that's, uh, so you're out there in the middle, you know, you take off and you're kind of more like a big group. But I remember being out there, I don't know how old I was, maybe I was around 12. And my father, you know, gone ahead. He's competitive, you know, he wants to, he wants to win, he wants to finish, he wants to do well. And I remember being out there all alone. And, and, I, and I was afraid. And I was alone. And I was like, my dad left me, you know. And I was, I was, I was definitely not happy with him, <laughs> you know. But uh, in my opinion now, is like, great, you know? Like, I, I, you're at that age, you need the challenge. You need to be challenged. Now, yeah, you also need the love. You also need that he gives a fuck about you. Like, that is important. But uh, my opinion is you do need to be challenged. Well, they're two different things, of course. You know, When I think back of my father and parents... I, I see much less the format, but I do feel like the love, you know, I feel the complete trust from them in me that I have what it takes. There is no like uh, trying to uh, trying to micromanage, trying to steer in a certain way. You know, it's really like, yeah, I always felt a trust that whatever I want, you know, is, is valid and good. And, uh, and then the format that that takes, you know, this, this, was almost inconsequential, you know? We never really, for example, we never, my parents never told me, oh, I love you, or we never do that, you know? And uh, yeah, it would be easy to judge, you mm. say how much better it could be. You know? mm. But uh, anyway, yes. Yeah, you, and I just wanna come back to that one point that we were making earlier about how these days, it's expected that the father and mother provide everything that the child needs. Mm -hmm. There's so many demands on parents these days. And even much more so on men now, like in, the, in, in this recent 10, 20 years where um, a lot of women expect the, the man to also do half of the, what would traditionally be uh, uh, the mother's role. 
changing the diapers, uh, the cooking, the cleaning, the taking care of the house, you know, it's um, in part because women are also working outside the home now. There's a, this expectation that the men also do half of the, the housework and the stuff with the kids. And uh, as, a, as, a, as a young guy growing up these days, you know, you could look back and say, you could judge your father for that, you know, that he didn't, uh, mm. he didn't do enough of that. He left it all to mom or he, judgment is so easy. It's so easy to judge and, and not realize what our parents had to deal with. I'm sure other people have thought about this, but I just, I just see something that, that I want to explore in the future. Is that when there, before there was a more like clear division of roles, which also meant whatever that means in terms of role, but it also means there's the, the fatherly way of giving love and the motherly way of love that now it's like expected to be the same from both. Right. And, uh, and like there is something lost in that yes. in relationships, for example, you see the men are more like women and women are more like men. And when they meet there's less polarity and because there's less polarity, there's also less energy. There's less passion. There's less aliveness. And maybe the same holds for children that are now raised by parents that are way more uh, similar. There's less division of roles and so less energy, less aliveness, less yes. juxtaposition, so less, yes. less possibility to... Less, to less ability for a little boy to look at his father and, and distinct from his mother and yes. say, I want to be like that. Yes. Uh, I want to assume that responsibility. Yes. I want to be tough like that. I want yes. to be strong like that. And uh, yeah, it's... Um, There's definitely something missing, something missed there. The more we all try to be the same and, and we, you know, one thing that's great about having a bigger extended family around is the, the little boy can, if, if he doesn't feel like he has that, it's, it's perfectly normal to not feel like you're like your father or to not even like your father. You don't need to like your father, but you might like one of your uncles more. You might connect one of your uncles more, feel like your, your personality is more like him. You want to be more like him, not like your father. And when you have the uncles around, you don't need to put it on your father and blame your father. You can just mm -hmm. kind of drift more towards one of your uncles or your grandfather or something like that. And I feel like I was fortunate in that way. You know, um, there are definitely aspects of my personality that are like my father but there's there's some that are a lot more like um my mother's father you know my grandfather my mom's side and one of my uncles on my mom's side and uh if i don't have that if i don't have those other potential role models it could have been a lot more difficult for me yeah you know yeah. i've told you stories about my my grandfather, my mom's side, like if I hadn't had that when I was growing up, yeah, I don't know who I'd be. I don't, I mean, it, I, I could have suffered a lot more as a, as a boy and as a young man. Maybe we would have suffered a lot less having to live with you. Yeah, I imagine I had become a gentler, kinder human being, you know. Oh, that would have been terrible. Life would have been a lot less fun. For you. you know, the, the, my one of my uncles, who I'm talk, but what I'm talking about, he, he was like, you know, he built a $30 million, uh, he was worth $30 million when he passed at the young age of like 
50 something and uh, 55 maybe, but had like 30 businesses by the time he died. But he spent all his time hunting, fishing and golfing, you know, and he was just kind of a big bear of a man. And when I go out to see the relatives, you know, he'd, he'd just come pick me up and grab me and like start chewing on my ear. Like, you know, it's like, get off my ear, you know, but that's, uh, yeah, that's the way I give love. You know, it's, it's very physical and it's kind of in your face and it's too much. And, you know, it's <laughs> for those listening to the podcast, Hans is uh, motioning towards his ear as if I would uh, get near your disgusting ears but, uh, um, what is the because you started this call and you really you wanted to be in defense or stand for the dads so what is your main point today it's just that that we have all these ways that we can apply new standards to judge our fathers mm-hmm. and being a father is hard enough without like Imagine you're a father right now, and then 30 years from now, when the idea of man and fathers is completely transformed, and your 30-year-old child comes back and is saying, you know, uh, Dad, you fucked me up. You should have used space aliens for my education. You never did. What? (laughs) Yeah. There were no space aliens. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, you should have researched so yeah, it's you know very in 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 a lot of ways. The dads we're trying to parent today, or fifty years ago, or a hundred years ago, like it's a challenging world. Life is challenging enough mm-hmm. without pl- applying the new standards, and uh, and honoring your father will be good for you, either way. You know, honoring your father will be good for him either way. Yes, honoring your father will be good for your relationship with him either way. So, for your children, yes. for your future generations. Honoring is, is so is so vital. Ask yourself, how could you today honor your father? I think that's a great exercise. Yeah, I love to think of like uh, how I can do that with my father. You know, I could look at my dad and say, because I really value being an adventurer, and I could look at my dad and I could, you know, say, well, he he just worked all the time and he this and that, but like my dad taught me hard work. You've seen how I work when I'm working, you know, it's like it's hard to derail me from like, when I'm just, you know, and uh, I got that from my father. And if he hadn't sacrificed all that he did to work so hard, yeah. we wouldn't have had the, the life that we had. I, we, we, we had money when I was growing up. Yeah. We had, we didn't have money. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, my, when I look at my father, I see he was a, he's a rebel his whole life, still is. He still thinks, maybe I should move there, you know, and start my life there. And he turned 70 in two, in one week, you know. And, uh, and I got that from him, you know. And I always think, like, what I see is, like, all the battles that he fought, you know, that I don't have to fight no more. I, I don't even have to think about them, you know. Yeah. But he fought them, so he slayed those dragons. Yeah. So I don't never have to slay them again. They're dead. They're gone. Mm. You know, so so I can. That's attack. a great point. That's a great point. Yeah, I can take it. I can slay other dragons. You know, and uh, yeah, I always when when my line of work and uh, 
I, I just grew in time a conviction with how fortunate I've been with my parents, you know, to be raised with the, the love and the, and, the, and the trust, just the trust in me, you know, and not having to be someone else, not trying to please them or, uh, or school or, you know, I, I really felt that always, that they're trusting me and they proud of me, you know, proud of my, uh, me being me. It's, it's very valuable. Yeah, my father's a great man, man. What a great man. <laughs> yeah, you know, as I, as I think of my father, you know, I could, from a, from a judging perspective, I could say he wasn't an adventurer. He should have been an adventurer or something like this. Mm -hmm. But I can also see how he was an adventurer. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they were the only people, Mormon families were big. Everyone in their families lived in Utah and Idaho then. It was my mom and my dad who went out east. You know, and then it was uh, my dad who went on a, uh, took us to Switzerland for a year mm. for the, uh, I mean, I was too young to really remember, but for his apprenticeship, his dental apprenticeship. But he, the thing, the point I wanted to make is he went on a two-year mission, Mormon mission in post-war Germany, um, you know, which must have been incredibly tough, you know, had to, you know, they kind of put you through a mini, like, boot camp before you go on a mission because it's just uh, i don't know a couple weeks or two months i don't know how long it is but very little time to like learn a language and learn everything that you're supposed to do to to fulfill this role as a missionary and he's he goes to post-war germany and he's not going from door to door knocking on doors all day imagine you know that's tough enough to do in the states like if you're selling something <laughs> you know you're knocking on doors and most people are slamming the door in your face anywhere in the world <laughs> you know what i mean if you're there selling something, you know, and this is like selling, you know, religion. So knocking on doors and people speaking a language that you probably did and you're trying to speak and, you know, well, you spent two years in Germany doing that where you have no contact with your family. You can't call your family. There's no Skype to your family. There's yeah. you're out there in another world. So the point I wanted to make is he was an adventurer, mm. you know. And yeah, de like definitely uh, out in nature, he was in my dad when he was, uh, I think even in his 60s or, or, yeah, he was in Arizona, this one place in Arizona where he lived, they had a man against horse race that was, uh, I think it was 50 miles, it was overnight, it's like 12 miles up one mountain, 12 miles down the other side, 12 miles up and 12 miles back down. And uh, some people would do it by foot. Some people would do it on a horse. My stepmother would do it on a horse. And my dad would do it on, his, uh, on foot, you know. And he, he loved that race. You know? But he's a, he was an old man even doing that. Yeah, my dad was a great man. Is, is. I was waiting for it. Is. So if you're listening to this. Yes. Um. We're having these kind of conversations inside of a Facebook group called Honoring Fathers. Uh, look forward in the comments. I invite you to join us in that Facebook group. I invite you to spend these days leading up to Father's Day and even afterwards, if you like, having these conversations. And if you're listening to this, tell us, tell us something about your father. Mm. Um, how you can honor your father. How you... you would like to be 
would like to remember your father. You know, maybe something you might say at his funeral, some memory. Mm -hmm. Post that in the comments.